0: Welcome to NextCast. My name is Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. NextCast is a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. Every episode, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation, both inside and outside the classroom. Our guest on this episode of NextCast is Nicola Wynn-Stanley, a professor at Humber and the program coordinator for the Media Foundations program. We'll be talking to Nicola about using team building activities to engage students. Hello, Nicola. Welcome to Nextcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: We're going to be talking about some uh, ideas around team-building exercises in class.
1: Team-building
0: exercise 99 uh, And I have to admit, when I was a student in high school, whenever the teacher would offer some sort of group work or team-building exercises, I was very resistant. When you were in high school in New Zealand, were you uh, very enthusiastic when it came to group work or team-building?
1: M- my my personal bent is not to be in a group I, I I'm a big control freak and I sort of prefer being on my own but um I know that that's pretty much never possible in work anyway so
0: and and going back a little as far when you when you sort of crossed the border from student to to teacher to professor when you first started teaching were you incorporating group work and these team building exercises early on or was it something that you came to
1: uh, the more I've been teaching, the more I've incorporated group work, and that's partly because of my understanding of how things are working in my classroom, also because I try to teach in the hives now, and it lends itself to that more, and so I, I just have a lot of group activities as I go. I always had the sense that it was good in sort of formative exercises to work with other people, and that students would get a lot from the people around them, Um so there are sort of two camps, those those things you do in class that are exercise, exercises or activities and then the things that you're asking students to take away and work on um, with some kind of structure that they'll get for a grade. And and obviously those things create more challenges and can be more problematic.
0: I don't know if you've found this. I've, I've found this in, in some of the teaching I've done. Um, students are often very sociable. They want to talk to each other. They want to look at each other's phones, see what each other what they're doing in class, but when you actually formally announce that there's going to be group work, oftentimes, especially early on, they they resist that. There's a sort of collective groan. That changes early on, that changes later on. But why do you think there is that that resistance?
1: Honestly, it's quite strange. I would say that was true about 5 years ago. And if I did a stop, start, and continue with my students at that point, I'd get lots of people saying less group work. Uh, some would say more, but but generally, be less group work. In the cohorts we have now, it's gone completely the other way. So I would say eighty to ninety percent of the students in my class ask for group work. Say so they prefer working with other people um, and like doing work together. So I don't know if that's because they have had more practice. At school, that it has become more of a thing in elementary and high school. Uh, some people are still resistant or they, they feel socially awkward. Sometimes they resist it because they have to talk to people they don't know. So I try really hard in all my classes to do a lot of icebreakers early on. And I do a big one in my first class that's quite silly and takes a long time. And I do it... Um, Later, I'll shuffle them into different groups, and I'll remind them to introduce themselves to each other. I'll give them time to just talk to each other for a few minutes before they start the activity. We have an assumption maybe that they all already know each other, and that's not really the case because pretty early on students will sit in their own little groups, and they might be comfortable working with their friends, but I like to mix it up a little bit um, and those that are resistant, if if you mix it enough, hopefully they'll be drawn in by those who aren't. So you
0: mentioned that you do a uh, a kind of silly one in the first class. Can you can you describe
1: it a little bit? Well, it's quite common. It's uh, I get everyone because I'm in a hive. I have a big empty space in the middle of the room, so I get everyone to sit in a circle, and we we do the game where you have to remember everybody's name, and you do it by having your own name. Preceded by an adjective or a word, it doesn't have to be an adjective with the same first letter, and then we go around one by one. And in class in thirty-five, it can take about an hour, um, and it's quite intense. And I talk them through it a lot, and I say, you know, the parts of this will be boring, parts of this will make you nervous, and then I use it to talk a bit about memory and how memory works and how they were able to do it. Um, and it's quite, it's sort of intimidating in a small way, and it's quite funny and. Some of the students come up with very funny things and it um, is a long icebreaker where we all get together. And it also means by the end of the class, I know every single person's name. And so when I'm then putting groups together afterwards, I can just say, you know, James, Karen and Matthew, you're going to sit together now rather than, oh, you group of people. So I think there's a sense that we're a bit more kind of in it together because we already know each other a little bit.
0: So, if you and I were to do this this icebreaker, what would be your adjective?
1: Uh, I always use the adjective novel because I talk about uh, using novelty to help people remember. So the stranger is something is the better you'll remember it. but, Of course, because of my accent. None of them really know what I'm saying. And they're like, oh, 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 what a narwhal. A narwhal? A narwhal. Like the whale? The fish with the horn. Okay. And sometimes someone will sing the song from the meme, but it depends.
0: Wow. So what kind of things that do you find that the students get out of this? How does this sort of improve their engagement, improve the, uh, the class?
1: Well, we do lots of, uh, because my class is kind of a metacognitive class, we do a bunch of weird stuff. So one of the first things we do in the very first class is I give them the critical path and then I test them on it and I say, no, I'm going to give you a test. And that's always fun times. And uh, I ask them to do it by themselves. And they usually, maybe most students can answer maybe three out of 10 questions from something they've just read. Uh, So we also use it to talk about reading and how to read and how to read with attention. And then I say... Now in your group, you have 10 minutes, compare your answers, see if you can fill in the rest, see if you can remember something that somebody else didn't. And once they've got together and put it together, they might end up with maybe eight out of 10. And then we do the whole class as a big group. And as a whole class, we can get all the answers. So it's sort of this little iconic demonstration that that everyone has something to bring to the table and everyone brings a piece of knowledge and that your classmates, May note different things to you, but but you can still be useful and supportive to one another. And as a group, you're much more powerful.
0: So you're obviously sort of a master at this, at, at getting students to you know work together and engage with each other. But some professors are still you know learning how to do this, are still very reluctant. Where can they get some ideas on uh, on things they can do in their classes?
1: Well, CTL has lots of resources to use, um, books and tips and people. I also get a lot of ideas from my colleagues all the time. So lots of people are really good at this and everyone um, has some tricks that they use and things that work for them. And so it's good, I think, too, just to talk through. Sometimes things don't work, you know, and I'll do a group activity and there's groaning and moaning and it's just generally resistant and pretty awful. And it's really important, I think, not to pretend that that doesn't happen, but I'll take that away and I'll say to Mm -hmm. a person I teach with, maybe Anne or something like, oh, I did this group thing and it totally bombed. I don't really know what happened and we might talk it through and Try and figure out how to fix it or, or what to do better next time. So that reflective process is really important, I think, rather than just forging ahead and going, "Oh, that group didn't work because the students are just, you know, in a bad mood or whatever." It's it's normally something to do with the way that you've structured it. And you try things, and they don't always work. It's life.
0: Is there a is there a sort of a common quality to any of the things that don't work? Like, is there a is there a ingredient that you need to leave out of group work or
1: I really believe in anything in teaching at this, you know, we're teaching adults essentially that sort of a punitive attitude or um, sort of ordering people around or getting annoyed with them when they don't do exactly what you want or any of those will just increase resistance. So to make it funny, to, to have lots of group work where the stakes are really low, like that test I do, and I do that again in a slightly different way. Um where there's really no negative re- repercussions. And so they can find some comfort, but also get the lesson that, that it can, they can learn a lot from that situation is really important.
0: So you mentioned you didn't do a, a lot of this as a, as a student, and you mentioned you're a, a, a control freak. But let's imagine you were a high school student again. Uh, knowing what you know now about you know, the way classes work and the way you teach, do you think you'd be a little less resistant, or do you think you'd be more an, an enthusiastic joiner?
1: I think I'd be more enthusiastic. I know even now in my work and sort of my life generally, other things that I collaborate on, that um, I can see more clearly when things are group-like. So, you know, I'm a writer, and I think and I say to students because they say I just want to work by myself, and I say, you know, you'd think of writing as the most solitary occupation. And it never is. There are always at least two other people involved with you somehow if they're editing or reading or giving you suggestions, you're thinking about your audience and that's a kind of group as well. That's another body of people that you have to respond to. So you really need to reflect on on how you will fit into a group and what your role is. And I think having some structure and um, metacognition around the group is really helpful. So coming into a group and really trying to figure out what are the strengths of the the different group members and so it's not necessarily it doesn't make sense to say well you all need to go and research and you all need to write and you all need to present because that's not actually what happens in real life we work to our strengths and if you give students some of that freedom to to go oh yeah well I really like to make the slides it it, it makes sense and they can see how it fits together in kind of a professional way
0: well thank you very much narwhal nicola
1: Thank
0: you. NextCast is produced by Humber Press and the Creative Productions team at the Center for Teaching and Learning at Humber College. Special thanks to Panit Waugh, Santino Pinozzo, Alison Lasorda, Darren Richards, and Eileen DeCourcy. To suggest stories for future episodes of NextCast or to let us know what you think, email Humber Press, all one word, at humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. To learn more about the workshops, teaching certificates, and other support offered through the Center for Teaching and Learning, and to read issues of Next Magazine, go to humber.ca slash center for teaching and learning. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That's not a pun. Team building exercise 99.